By faith he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange company, rather country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Amen. To the reading of the word of the Lord, would you shout amen? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Return to the altar. Amen. Return to the altar. I find it interesting, the scripture here in Hebrews, this writer makes sure that we understand that when Abraham was in the land of promise, he was there in tabernacles. He was there dwelling in tents, but he was looking for a city with foundations. He knew that at some point in the future there was going to be something stable, something solid, something with resolve, something with permanence. But until that point, he was going to trust in the hand of the one who was guiding him from glory to glory. He marked his journey with altars. Altars are those things, they are markers of calling and consecration. They are markers of border and boundary. Abraham had a few markers in his life. He had a few altars in his life. Genesis chapter 12 records one of them. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Here's the promise. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless them that bless thee. I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And here is a demonstration of faith. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth into the land of Canaan and into the land of of Canaan they came, and Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem and in the plain of Morah. And the Canaanites were there in the land. And Abraham passed through this place. The Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thee I will give this land. Now notice that there he built an altar unto the Lord who had appeared unto him. Abraham had to have faith. 
he had to have faith. We read where he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. He was looking for a place yet undiscovered, only revealed through the lens of promise. He had to leave the familiar and step forward into the unknown. He had to have faith. When Abram removed himself from the distractions of the way things had always been, he built an altar. In response to the promises of God, he built an altar. As a boundary of where he had come from, he built an altar. As a memorial to what God had promised, he built an altar. He built an altar of praise, an altar unto God, an altar that said, I will worship the one who has called me and who has promised me. And it's all right. It's all right to build an altar of worship when God makes you a promise. It's all right to praise Him when God says He's going to do something in your life or through your life. It's all right. It's all right to declare that I'm not going back to the way things were, but I'm going to praise Him like never before. Has anyone had to build an altar of praise? Has anyone ever had to offer up a sacrifice of praise? I may not understand where I'm at or where I'm going, but I'm still going to praise God anyhow. I may not have a foundation to build a house upon, but I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to praise him anyhow. Amen. I'm going to bless the Lord. Is that not what David said? Not just when it's convenient. I'm going to build myself a sacrifice of praise, an altar of praise, and I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I like it when it's easy to praise God. But I'm determined to praise God no matter if it's easy or not. Even in the times of sacrifice, in the times of wandering, in the times of difficulty and challenge, I've determined to build an altar and praise God anyhow. see another altar a little further away. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 8 says that he removed from thence. He removed from there unto a mountain on the east of Bethel 
and pitched a tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Bethel means house of God. Ai means heap of ruin. Somewhere between the house of God and a pile of ruins, Abraham built an altar. Before things get too far gone, I need an altar. When I'm not exactly where I need to be, I need an altar. Come on, somebody. I need an anchor. I need a stabilizing force in my life. I need something that I can count on. I need a boundary. I need something of permanence before things go too far gone. I need something to hold on to. And I'm so glad that the anchor holds. I'm so glad when I can't count on anything else, I can count on Jesus. I'm so glad when my mom and my dad may forsake me that he is going to pick me up. I can count on the altar. I can count on that place where Jesus will meet me. This is an altar of prayer, a place of calling out to God. Hmm. David asked, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He cried this when he was halfway between a mess and a miracle. Samson called, anoint me, Lord, one more time. Habakkuk proclaimed, yet I will rejoice. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, the labor of the olives shall fail. There shall be no herd in the stall. I can't feed my family. Can't pay my bills. Not sure where the provision is going to come from. But halfway between the house of God and my pile of ruin, I will still bless the Lord. I'm so glad that even when I'm not faithful, he's faithful. Even when I make a mess, he still reaches. I'm so glad, so glad, so glad that wherever I am, 
I can reach out. I can build an altar. I can touch heaven. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, build an altar. Call on God. I may not be all the way back to where I need to be. But I can call on God. Abraham went up out of Egypt in Genesis chapter 13. He and his wife, all that he had, lot with him into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys to the south, even to Bethel, the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, between the house of God and Ai, unto the place that he built an altar and he made him there an altar like he did at the first. He had to find his way back. talking about a time in Abraham's life of his greatest failure. After his biggest mistake. Now I understand here at Grace Apostolic that folk don't make mistakes. I I get that. I'm talking about everybody else. Talking about those over on the other side of the board, past Dayton and Indiana, where people actually fail every now and again. Not here in Reynoldsburg, Columbus, Ohio, where mistakes don't take place. Abraham's biggest failure, his biggest mistake there in Egypt. What does he do? He finds his way back to the altar. He doesn't build him a memorial in his failure. He doesn't build an altar in this place of mistake, but he climbs out of his failure. You see, the just man may fall seven times, but he rises up again. He doesn't build an anchor point in the depths of his failure, but he looks unto the hills from whence cometh his help, because his help cometh. from the Lord. Don't stop in your failure. Don't stop in your mistake. Don't build up a residence where you messed up. But look up. Build an altar. Somebody shout, build an altar. 
He didn't wait until they got all the way back to the house. I said, he didn't wait until he got all the way back to the house. The prodigal didn't wait until he got all the way back to the house. He came to himself in a pig's pen. He wasn't all the way back home yet. The father saw him from a long ways off. You don't have to be perfect to get right with God. You don't have to be perfect to turn your life around. You don't have to be perfect to find your way to an altar. You don't even have to be in the house of God to find your way to an altar. You can find your way back to God in a lonely place of desolation just remembering where you were. I remember, I remember that anchor point. I remember that boundary. I remember that altar. After this happens, Abraham and Lot, they had a lot of stuff. You read in Scripture they were rich. Hmm. I, that, that, does that not strike anybody else in this place? They were rich. They had silver. They had gold. They probably had chariots with spinner wheels. Cut low with air shocks. You know? <laughs> I mean, they had it going on. But even though they had silver, they had gold. They still needed an altar. Kind of reminds me of that time that the Lord had a little conversation with Moses and said, you know what, Moses? I'm going to take a break from being with y'all for a while, but don't worry. I'm going to send an angel with you you're not going to have to fight an enemy because anybody that comes against you, that angel will take care of. Ooh, my Lord, have mercy. Could you imagine not having to worry about an enemy? Not having to worry about a struggle? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You'd maybe like a little break from the struggle? Don't worry about it, Moses. I'll send an angel with you. I'm going to bless you with that angel. You're not going to have to worry about money. You're not going to have to worry about opposition. You'll have an angel. Uh, just to be clear, Lord, you're going to send an angel. You're going to bless us. You're going to push the enemy back for us. That angel, you don't have to worry about anything else, but you're not going to be with us. Am I, am I making, making sense of what you said? Is that what you told me? Mm-hmm. You can read about it in Numbers. Moses says, God, I'm not interested. Kind of reminds me of that song as well. It says, Silver and Gold. Fame and fortune. 
but I'd rather have Jesus. I said I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus. Very rich in cattle. Very rich in silver. Very rich in gold. He still needed an altar. There's a strife between the shepherds, between Lot and Abraham's shepherds. Abraham tells Lot, tell you what, why don't you go ahead and you can pick whatever you want. You can you decide which way to go, Lot, and I'll go the other way. That way there we can have a little tranquility and peace between our, our, our forces, so to speak, between our, our workforce. And Well, you know what Lot picked, don't you? He picked that well-watered plain towards Sodom. He pitched his tent towards Sodom. He went in a place that made logic and sense to the natural mind. I, it's, it's awesome because you think about it, up until this point, it was Abram. But after this altar, it became Abraham. The promise shifted focus. When Abram chose the divine over the familiar. Oh, I wish somebody let me preach into their life right now. As long as you're holding on to what you used to be, you'll never fully walk in the promises of God. As long as as you're holding on to your yesterdays, as long as you're still holding on to your father's house, you'll never shift gear from father to father of a multitude. You'll never transition from Abram to Abraham. You'll never change from Jacob to Israel as long as you're holding on to your yesterdays. But when you're willing to build an altar, that place of peace. Mm. It was in a place called Mamre. Mamre means a place of oak signifying resolve. There he built an altar. That peace became stability. Amen. But the last altar I want to talk to you about is found in Genesis chapter 22. Let me read the passage to remind you of the context. It's kind of lengthy. Genesis chapter 22. Came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. So this is after Isaac was born, after Ishmael, after Hagar, after all that stuff where Abraham we're talking about and Sarah, not Sarai. It's kind of neat. The Sarai means princess. But Sarah means my princess. Not a big change. 
But God wanted it known that his handmaiden, Sarai, was precious to him. This princess was not just any princess, but to God it was my princess. So take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, to whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son clave wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went to the place that God had told him. And on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto the young man, Abide he ye here with the donkey, and I and the latter will go yond to worship. I and the lad will go yonder to worship and come again unto you. Abraham took wood burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son, and set fire in his hand and took a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Somebody said together. I, somebody said together. Somebody said together. They came to the place that God told them of. And Abraham built an altar there, laid wood on the altar, and bound Isaac his son, laid him upon the wood. Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything to him. For I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him a burnt offering. In the stead of his son, the Lord called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. See, God turned Abraham. God turned what he had decided. God turned it. See, Abraham's altar of unified worship. Unified worship. Unified worship was transformed to an altar of provision. Divine provision. 
There is something powerful and transformational that takes place when there is a unified altar of worship, a place of mutual sacrifice. You see, it's easy to praise God when everything's going our way. But when Brother Cliff is offering up a sacrifice of worship, come on. Sister Michaela is offering up a sacrifice of worship. Maybe Sister Kelly, it's been a difficult week, maybe a difficult month, maybe a difficult year. Maybe it's not been a difficult year. Maybe it's been a difficult decade. Maybe. But we're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> Together. Building an altar. Here. At an altar of worship. And God steps in and transforms the sacrifice, changes the sacrifice. And what we decided was worship, he decides, is provision. Can we stand together in the house of the Lord? This altar of faith where God drives the believer into action. An altar where God where God moves and God transforms. A place where not all of the pieces are present. Oh, come on. Everything isn't quite there. Something is missing. God floods in and provides. I don't know where. I don't know how. But God is making a way. Even when I don't see it. Even when I don't feel it. He never stops working. 
stops working. Even when it looks like I'm going to lose the thing that is most precious to me. Even when it looks like there's no way out and there's no hope. He's always making a way. Build an altar. I said build an altar. Grab your brother by the shoulder, sister by the arm maybe, and say, come on. Let's build an altar together. Go ahead, grab, sister. Go ahead, grab your brother. Go ahead and say, come on. Let's build an altar of worship. Let's go ahead and meet in a place we know that God will find us, meet us, and make.